Blog Talk Radio. Paleo Hebrew. 
I am your host, your brother, your friend, as always, Tazapa. I'm joined this morning by Hasadiah. Shalom. And welcome to the show, y'all. Uh, welcome to Bible Talk, sponsored by ISBHBK. Um, hope everybody is healthy. Hope everybody had a good weekend, a good Sabbath. I know a lot of us are still recovering from... Um, the celebration of Hanukkah, which lasted eight days, man, and still recovering from this past weekend event. Um, we had a little shindig over here at my crib. Um, Shouts out to the Thawamites and the Mashabites for coming through, man. We had like a little uh, brunch slash dinner slash dinner slash karaoke slash hanging out, family time. I mean, we had a good time, man. Um, we was up to, I think I laid down at about four, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he said they left at like two in the morning, man. But we had a great time, man. Um, always good, man, to fellowship and to be with like-minded people. That are in this battle, in this struggle, in this fight, um, in this patient weight of our Messiah, the King, Hamashiach, Yahalashai, who the world knows is Jesus Christ. Uh, it's always good to fellowship with fellow people that believe the same thing you believe and going through the same battles and struggles that you are going through, man. That's important um, for us that feel like, you know, nobody understands us, we're all alone, nobody gets us, et cetera, et cetera, man. It was good to fellowship with them, as always. Uh, I want to send shouts out to the 12 tribes worldwide, man. Shouts out to our brother schools down in H-Town, VA, Rochester, um, brothers here in San Antonio. Shouts out to Kyle Cobb down in Guatemala and the brothers in um, ABQ, Albuquerque. Um, man. Let me see where I want to go first. As a matter of fact, let's get this first. If it's your first time tuning into the show, I do about um, an hour of news and current events, and then I dive into the topic. So, y'all, yeah, sometimes I do the news, sometimes I don't. It just depends on the topic that I'm going over. So the topic I'm going over, man, is quite lengthy. Um, and it's going to be stressed out, man. I'm not going to rush it. So with that said, I am going to do a little bit of uh, news and current events today. I hope everybody can hear. Matter of fact, let me make sure I'm, my volume is up. Oh, damn. I need the mic. Get the mic, please. I'm sorry, y'all. Uh, I been trying to do a whole bunch of stuff this morning at once. I was uh, thinking that today was the day I was going to get these damn things off my teeth. I got braces for y'all that don't know. And I am anxiously anticipating to get them off, man. But uh, I was trying to figure that out this morning and found out that today won't be the day. Unfortunately, I got another week to go for this crap come off. But anyway, man, um, 
was trying to take care of that and then get everything prepped for the show. And I'm just forgetting to hook stuff up, like the microphone, which is very important. <laughs> so just bear with me for a second, y'all. I'm sorry. I apologize. I don't know if y'all heard about the uh, the brother. I, I don't have his name. Maybe have some guys to pull it up. He might be. It's all over the news, though. The brother that um, was knocked unconscious last night, man, stopped breathing, and they had to give him CPR. Demar Hamlin. Demar Hamlin, that's mm-hmm. his name? Yeah, 24 years old. 24, man. I want to send prayers up. I ask everybody to send prayers up for the brother. That he makes a recovery, man, for recovery. That's tragic, man. It's very tragic. Playing football and you about you fighting for your life in in the blink of your in the blink of an eye, man. That's crazy. That is crazy. So I just pray the most high blesses the brother to bring him back for recovery, man. Alright, so I think I got everything going right now. So let's get Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. I'm going to read it. After this matter, therefore pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So this is the prayer we need to be sending up on the daily, man, so we can get the hell up out of this polluted place, man, especially with everything that's going on that's going to continue to go on until we get the hell up out of here, man. So let's get that Psalms, uh, chapter 118, mm-hmm. uh, verse 24, please. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So good or bad, happy or sad, man. Most have bought you to it, you're going to bring you through it, man. You come out on the other side better. So we have to um, rejoice in that. Unfortunately, we have to be here. So we have to take the good with the bad, man, no matter what comes your way. Uh, so let's go ahead and dive into it, man. I have a couple things I want to touch on. So this this right here I have to touch on because I'm I'm sick of people as I am every every January. <laughs> people saying this crap. Happy New Year, Happy New Year. Okay, y'all. First of all, the New Year does not start in the dead of winter. No, it does not. It was the NBA player that posted uh, something on Twitter, man. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Hart. Shouts out to you, Josh Hart, sir. He said uh, the awkward, what did he say, the awkward time of the night where um, time is supposed to change. Or Oh, you got it? Yeah. What does it say? The awkward time after midnight when it's just another day now. <laughs> Read it again. The awkward time after midnight when it's just another day now. He said that it was just another day. He was absolutely correct on that one. It is just another damn day. Nothing has changed. So they say it's the new year, y'all. 
So when something is new, shouldn't you be able to look at it and say, oh, man, this is new? <laughs> I mean, right? Like a new car. Like they come out with the, the new versions of whatever car every year, right? And I, I heard they come out a couple months early, right, for the new year, mm-hmm. supposedly, right? And you can see the new design. You can see the new bells and whistles that's been added to the car. You can tell, hey, it's something like the old one, but it ain't the old one. It's new. It's the new new, right? It's just to be able to tell the difference in something that's new. So what's new in January, the dead of winter, coming from December, the dead of winter, to January, the dead of winter? What changes? What can you see is new? Nothing's new. Everything's still the same. The weather's still the same. <laughs> the demographics are still, I mean, everything's still the same. The 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 leaves on the trees are still dead and still dying. Everything's still brown. In January, from December to January, everything's still the same. But when do we notice a change in the climate, a change in animals even, in insects even? It's in the springtime, y'all. Come on. And you would, I ain't going to even say common sense. Cabo Cabo always says common sense ain't common. It ain't. You would think that people would notice this thing, right? Of springtime, everything being regenerated, reborn. The birds are, are, are coming back because they flew south for the winter. The bees are out buzzing, pollinating things. The leaves on the trees are starting to grow back green as opposed to falling off the tree limbs because they were brown. This life being reborn. Everything's being renewed in the spring, right? You would think. That's just common. Well, that's logically thinking. I ain't gonna say common. All right, so but let's get into it and let's prove these things. So here we go, Hasadaya. I know we got a lot of stuff open. Let me scoot oh, let me scoot all this stuff over so you can get that in there. Mm-hmm. All right. That's not the one, that's from mm-hmm. the other thing. So mm-hmm. let's go um let's go here first. There we go. Mm-hmm. That was the first one you pulled out, right? Mm-hmm. And I want you to get to the key points. And tell them where you read from. Okay. From Britannica.com. Janice, uh, the Roman god. Janice is who? The, uh, the Roman god. Janice is the Roman god, y'all. I want y'all to pay attention to this. Read on. Mm-hmm. The worship of Janice traditionally dated back to Romulus, so it goes back to Romulus, the, the supposed founder of uh, the city, state, Rome. And a period even before the actual founding of the city of Rome. Mm-hmm. There were many Janai, for example, ceremonial gateways in Rome. These were usually freestanding structures that were used for symbolically auspicious entrances or exits. Mm-hmm. So get to the point. Mm-hmm. Some scholars regard Janus as the god of all beginnings and believe that his association with doorways is derivative. Now, read that quote again. Some scholars regard Janus as the god of all beginnings. So, Janus is the god of all beginnings. So, hint, hint, read on. And believe that his association with doorways is derivative. He was invoked as the first of any gods 
in regular liturgies, the beginning of the day, month, and year both come. The beginning of the what? Of the day, month, and year. And year. Janice, y'all, is where we get the month January from. It's based on a Greek, Greco-Roman god. I hope y'all listening. Read on. Both calendrical and agricultural were sacred to him. The month of January is named for him. Mm. Read that again. The month of January is named for him. Y'all see how I'm not making this up? Read it again. The month of January is and his festival took place on January 9th, the Agonium. There were several important temples erected to Janus. There were what? Several important temples erected to Janus. And this puts you in the mind state to where you can understand now where the Catholics they attend Midnight Mass on December 31st. Mm. This is why they're doing it. Who are they doing this in homage to? Janice. Janice. Y'all see this, right? Is there more? And it is assumed that there was also an early cult on the Janiculum, which the ancients took to mean the city of Janice. So it's, this is a, a the, the Janus the God Janus has a cult following. Where are you at right now? Which one is? No, I don't need to get that. Um, did you read this part right here? Mm-hmm. Get that real quick because this is important. According to Roman, yeah. According to Roman history, Livy. Excuse me. According to the Roman historian Livy, the gates were closed. Only twice in all the long period between Numa Pompilius. Now, so these these gates they have gates named after the god Janus, and these gates were open and closed at certain periods. But what I want to get out of this is this dude right here. What's his name again? Numa Pompilius. Right. Seventh century BC. Right, and he was one of the uh, emperors of Rome. To this article or. Let me see. This right here. And I just want you to read the top part. And tell them where, you, tell them where you're reading from. From Penelope.uchicago.edu. Mm-hmm. The Janus Geminus, to reflect his twin faces, was a small shrine that held an archaic bronze statue of so, the god. Right. You see how uh, the Romans intertwined zodiacs with their gods? And goddesses, y'all, because when it says Gemini, what is it? Geminis. Geminis. It's talking about the Gemini, and this is a reflection of the uh, two-faced um, sign or symbol for Gemini's. Read on. Said to have been dedicated by Numa, Rome's second king. So here, this dude's name is again. Read. Pliny relates that its fingers were arranged to indicate the 355 days of the year, and Ovid that one hand held a key as the god of entrances and the other a staff to signify his authority and and as a guide. Y'all see this? Still synonymous with the days of the year, the calendar, so on and so forth, right? 
Now let's get Babylon Timbo 2 page. I'm sorry, the two Babylons. I always mix this up. So we're going to read from the two Babylons, page 93. And we read this before, y'all, when we were de- dealing with the topic of Christmas. So we're going to read it again. But I want you to read... Uh, <laughs> Hold on for a second. I'm trying to find it. Okay. That's it right there. Uh, so this is right. Read the part right there. Okay. From the Two Babylons, the Papal Worship, by Reverend Alexander Hislop, page 93. Okay. By us, says he, who are strangers to Sabbath and new moon. Now, this is what Tertullian said. Read. And festivals, once acceptable to God, the Saturnalia, the Feasts of January, the Bromelia, and the Metronalia. It's the Feast of what? January. The Feast of January. So, it's the Feast of January or the Feast of Janus. This is why on December 31st, Everybody going out to the club or going out to balls or some damn New Year's Eve party because they're feasting the Feast of Janus, which also is related to the Feast of Bacchus. The goddess or the god Bacchus is the god of wine. The god of wine. That's why everybody's drinking. On New Year's Eve, getting drunk as hell, sloppy, toe up from the flow up, and got the hangover the next day. <laughs> this is why. Was that it? Are now frequented. Gifts are carried to and fro. It says that these holidays are now frequented. So the Feast of January, people do this. This is the norm. Every year, people are doing this like clockwork. All right, that's enough mm-hmm. of that. What does it say? Really? New Year's Day presents. Whoa, whoa, what does it say? New Year's Day presents. The water for keep reading that. New Year's Day presents. This is all dealing with Janice, the new year, the month of January. Read on. Presents are made with din, and sports and banquets are celebrated with uproar. Oh, how much more faithful are the heathen to their religion who take special care to adopt no solemnity from the Christians. And the heathens are faithful in doing this. Because right around this time, y'all, I don't know if they already had them because I don't watch sports like that. Uh, the, then they have like a New Year's, the New Year's Eve ball. All the college balls that they have around this time of year in the bank. This is what he's talking about. And the banquets, all the parties, all the revelry that goes on this time of year. This is what it's talking about. So this is nothing biblical. This is something that was made up from Greek mythology, from Greek gods and goddesses. And nothing to do with God. So don't think you're doing a holy thing. Don't think you're doing a righteous thing. This is off. This is this is the occult, Satanism. Now, if you don't believe that, let's look at it from a more practical Stance. Let's get this right here. You might be some odd times. You just, you just think you're just super righteous. Everybody's wicked. 
um, that ain't not the case. You can argue your opinion, but you can't argue with facts. I mean, you can, but it's basically worthless, pointless. So tell them where you're reading from. From Britannica.com, Roman Republican calendar chronology. Uh, so this is the Roman calendar we're about to get into. Read. Roman Republican calendar dating system that evolved in Rome prior to the Christian era. Prior to the Christian era, read. According to legend, Romulus, the founder of Rome, instituted the calendar in about 738 B.C. This dating system, however, was probably a product of evolution from the Greek lunar calendar, which in turn was derived from the Babylonian. The original Roman calendar appears to have consisted of only only of 10 months. And only of what? 10 months. Well, the original Roman. Greco-Roman calendar consisted of how many months? 10 months. 10 months. They added the other two months. They added January and they added the month of February. They were add-ons. Read on. And of a year of 304 days. The remaining 61 and a quarter days were apparently ignored, <laughs> resulting in a gap during the winter season. So they, they originally ignored some days and left them off the calendar. Read on. The months bore the names Martius. Now listen to this. The months that they had for the calendar bore the names of what? Martius. Mm-hmm. Aprilis. Mm-hmm. Maius. Mm-hmm. Junius. <laughs> Quintilis. Sextilis. September. October. November. And December. Does this sound familiar? Martilla, that's March. Aprilius, that's mm-hmm. April. What is Mayus, mm-hmm. that's May. Junus, that's June. So I guess the next month, what is that? Quintilius would have been July. Would have been July. And what? what Sextilius. Which they would place with uh, uh, August or Augustus, that who the month August is named after. Then what? September, uh-huh. October, November, and December. Right. Ten months. I hope y'all are paying close attention to this. And it says, the last six names correspond to the Latin words for the numbers 5 through 10. So the last six names or the last six months correspond to Latin words that represent 5 through 10. Mm-hmm. So let's break that down. Go back. So the last six months would be what? It's September. It would be Quint- I'm sorry. Quintilis. Quintilis. Sextilis. Sextilis. September. So hold on. He said the last six, right? So let's do this. That would be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Right? I'm sorry. Six. So one, two, three, four, five, six. And starting at September. Mm-hmm. No, Quintilis. Quintilis. So that would be, let me see, if this is, that's this is seven, that's five, this is four. So Quintilis would be four, right? Mm-hmm. Four, five, six. No, 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 wait a minute. No, that's seven. So this seven, six, five, five, six, seven, yep, eight, 
9, and 10. Right. So we're going to start at this right here. Quintillus. Quintillus would be... It's, it would be the fifth month. That's five. That would be the fifth month. The next one would be what? The sixth month. And that, what is that? Sextillus? Sextillus. Mm-hmm. And then September would be the seventh month. And how do you say uh, seven in Spanish? Siete. Siete. September. A woman that has seven kids, you would say that the kids were what? Septuplets. Then the month of October, where we get the word uh, octagon from. Octagon has what? Eight sides. Mm -hmm. October is the eighth month. September is the seventh month. October is the eighth month. November. How do you say November in Spanish? November. Yeah. Or nine. Or nine. Nueve. Nueve. It's the ninth month. And which brings us to December, Dec- decimeter, what is it, decimeter, mm-hmm. has 10 sides. The word 10 in Spanish is diez, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Which means 10. So all we got to do is do a little bit of research, y'all. December is the 10th month, which would make <laughs> January what? The 11th month. Mm-hmm. February would be the 12th month. And then the first month of the year would be March. March. And that's when you come into the springtime. Mm-hmm. I hope everybody's seeing this, man. It's like they understood back then that March was the beginning because they started with March and yes. they went on and they just like dropped March off. was the beginning. Just ignored the wintertime. They like, ignored, they on exactly. <laughs> but I'm just trying to show how the new year starts in the springtime, y'all. Not the damn dead of winter, not January. So all those damn phone calls and texts that people was giving you, talking about Happy New Year, if you was like me ignoring them, you should have been ignoring them. Then they talk about their damn uh, New Year resolutions and all this other crazy madness, y'all. All right, let's get uh, Daniel Chapter 7. Wait a minute, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So we got that, and let's get, now I want you to read this and tell them where you're reading from. Okay. From techtarget.com, the definition of Gregorian calendar. So this is the Gregorian calendar, read. The Gregorian calendar is the calendar in current use in the Western world. It's in current use, meaning what? This is the calendar that the Western world uses to this day. The same calendar that the Romans used. This is the latter end of the Greco-Roman Empire, America, that is. That's why they still use the same calendar. Read on both as the civil and Christian ecclesiastical calendar instituted by Pope Gregory the 13th in 1582. The calendar has 365 days with an extra day every four years, the leap year, <laughs> except in years divisible by 100, but not divisible by 400. Thus, the calendar year has an average length of 365.2 
for two two days. The Gregorian calendar replaced the Julian calendar, which had become 10 days out of synchrony with the solar cycle. So the Gregorian calendar, uh, calendar replaced the Julian calendar, y'all. In October 1582, 10 days were dropped from the calendar. England and the American colonies were late in adopting the calendar. In 1752, they dropped 11 days. So England and America still uses this calendar to the day. But this is biblically prophesied, y'all. Let's get Daniel chapter 7. Then you chapter seven, and I want you to start at verse um, start at verse one. Then we gonna jump. Okay, Daniel chapter seven, verse one. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matter. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the, of the heaven strove upon the great sea. So Daniel had this vision in his dream, and he described what he saw in the vision. Read. And four great beasts came up from the sea, Diverse one from another So he said in his dream He had a dream about four great beasts And he said that these beasts were different From one another Now jump to verse 7 Verse 7 And Now we're going to get the interpretation of the dream After this I saw in the night visions And behold a fourth beast Dreadful and I'm sorry I'm sorry Wait 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 uh, Yeah yeah I need you to jump over to verse I'm sorry verse 17 Let's get what these great beasts were these great beasts, which are four. No, it's the same four beasts. Now we're getting the interpretation. They said these great beasts, which are four, read. Are four kings. Or four what? Kings. They're four kings. When you you got a king, then a king has a kingdom. So these are four different kingdoms or four different nations. Read. Which shall arise out of the earth. And these four different nations or kingdoms are going to arise out of the earth. Now, this, I'm not doing a full breakdown of this chapter, but the four beasts that Daniel talked about in this chapter, he talks about the Babylonians, the Persian Medes, the Greeks, and the Greco, I'm sorry, and then the Romans. So he talks about the Babylonians, the Persian Mede Empire, the Greek Empire, and then the last one is the Roman Empire. And he talks about how out of the Roman Empire, the latter end of it, another horn or another power structure came out, and that would be the American Empire. So let's get there. Let's jump over to verse 23. Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth. Y'all see this, right? So the fourth beast is the fourth kingdom. Read. Which shall be diverse from all kingdoms. And this fourth uh, kingdom is going to be different from the other kingdoms that preceded it. And the, when you look at the Roman Empire, it was different because the Roman Empire, they didn't have a king per se. Because remember, going back before the days of uh, Julius, 
and even the days of Julius, the Romans had a Senate, and it was a republic. It was a republic before it became an empire. Julius Caesar, they say that he was not the, the first uh, king of Rome or the first Caesar. That's where the word Caesar means king because Rome was still a republic. But he was trying to make it into an uh, empire and was trying to be a dictator. But the point is that the Rome, the Romans, their kingdom was different from the Persian Mede Empire because the Persian Mede Empire had a king, the Babylonians had a king, and even the Greeks had a king under Alexander. So this fourth kingdom was going to be different from all other kingdoms. Read that part again. The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth. Now, this is going into, like I said, the Romans, but then also it's talking about America. It says that this fourth kingdom is going to devour the whole. Rome didn't conquer or devour the whole earth, but who did? Who took over the whole earth, colonizing all over the planet? America. First, it was by way of what? England. Then uh, they came over here, emancipated themselves from England, became the uh, 13 colonies, which grew into a nation, and they conquered the whole earth, the whole globe. You can go everywhere around the globe and find what? Some American influence, whether it's their restaurants, their style of dress, um, their politics. You can find America in every region around the globe. Say it again. The bases, the military. Yes, the military bases are everywhere. Um, so it says that this last kingdom, was the which is the American Empire, which spun out of the Roman Empire, and they're one and the same. And I've brought this out countless times. America also has a Senate, y'all. America also has a Capitol Hill. You had a Capitol Hill back in Rome. Do your research. This is the same place, man. The vomitariums that they had back in Rome, they have them here in America by the name of buffets. <laughs> vomitariums you would eat to your heart's desire to you about the bus. You go throw up. They have buckets you could throw up and then just fill up again and eat again. Is that is that not the damn buffet? It's the same thing. In Rome, you had all lewdness, any manner of sexuality you wanted to do and be, you could do it in Rome. How is that different from America? It's the same exact thing. In Rome, you had statues of all their Caesars and all their generals and this and that. You have the same thing in America. Go to D.C. and look at all them damn statues. Or any state around the globe and go downtown, you'll see whether it's the Confederate statues that these ignorant as people, black folks wanted them to take down <laughs> just a race in history. Whether it be those statues or any type of other memorabilia or statues about America and how it was founded, it's there. It's here in this place. So this is the fourth beast. It says, read on. And shall devour the whole earth and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. And they have treaded it down. This is why they're talking about what now? Global warming talking about the the ecosystem, talking about the atmosphere, uh, what they call it, the footprint, the, the carbon. carbon footprint and air pollution. and this Because they've destroyed the earth. They truly have. 
because they rule it, and they're doing a terrible job at ruling it. Everything's falling apart under their watch, under their rulership. Read. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise. And the ten kings is talking about the European economic community. Read on. And another shall rise after them, and he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue three kings. Talking about the latter, uh, the latter end of their empire, which is America, and throw this in there also. The emblem of the Romans, y'all, remember, was the eagle, all right? What's America's emblem? The eagle. The Greeks had the same damn emblem, the eagle. Go back and watch the movie Alexander. Go back and watch the movie Gladiator. You'll see it. On the flag is the eagle. Matter of fact, they made a movie. Um, what's the name of that damn movie? The, the, the something about the eagle. But it's it's a uh, set in um, the Roman Empire. I didn't watch it because it was boring, but the title lured me in. I had to keep a little bit of it. Um, man, I forgot the name of that damn movie. If y'all can't remember, y'all know what I'm talking about. Please text it to me. But it's, it's something the eagle. But anyway, point is, America uses the same eagle that its ancestors Rome used. So it's talking about America. Now watch what it's talking about when it says jump to verse 25 now. And he shall speak great words against the Most High. This last kingdom is going to speak great words against the Most High. They're going to be anti-Christ. They're going to be against the Most High, and they are. Because in the laws of the Heavenly Father, he has laws governing the ecosystem, how you should form, how you should treat the environment. But they go against that. They totally go against the grain. They tell you God loves everybody. That's not in the Bible that God will accept homosexuality and the, the letter people. That ain't in the Bible. These are great words being spoken against the Most High. Read. And shall wear out the saints of the Most High. And they have worn us out. The saints is us. It's the Israelites. Read. And think to change times and laws. And this is the part I want to get to. What's this last kingdom going to do? Think to change times and laws. And this started back in Rome. <laughs> we just read it. How they switched from the uh, Julian calendar to the Gregorian calendar. How they, it was originally a 10-month calendar, then they added two more months. What about the Hebrew calendar? What about the calendar that the Most High gave us? Because we had a calendar. I hope you all know that. We had a calendar. We had uh, ways to keep up with times and dates and all that. Hell, we even had watches, y'all. I don't know if y'all knew that. We had watches. That, that concept ain't nothing new. But this last kingdom, the Greco-Roman American Empire, was going to change times and laws, and they have. They changed the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday. They changed uh, the time, daylight saving time. Now they changed the months. Who else could this be talking about? And remember, these beasts that Daniel saw in his vision are kingdoms, nations. We have to put the context clues together. All nations are in the Bible, y'all. Once again, the Bible is a history book. Read on. And they shall be given into his hands until a time and times and the dividing of times. So time, time, and dividing times, synonymous with 350 years from 1619 to 1969, y'all, when we started waking up and coming to the knowledge of who we are as a people and as a nation. 
So I just wanted to show that January is not the first month of the year, y'all. Ain't no damn New Year's. Springtime. That's when the new year begins. All right? I want us to understand this. Now, I had another topic I wanted to deal with. Uh, let me see. Here we go, right here. Let's read that. From the from AtlantaBlackStar.com. Dated December 23rd, 2022. I don't know if y'all heard it. Some of y'all may, uh, may have heard it. Maybe not. Read. Kevin Hart criticized for allegedly saying Egyptians were black. <laughs> He's criticized, saying that the Egyptians were black. These are facts. Real. Critics launched online movement down his upcoming show in Cairo. And they went so far as to ban this dude from coming to perform in Cairo. Real. Kevin Hart may have found himself in the crosshairs of cancel culture again. The comedy box office star is currently globetrotting on his reality check comedy tour. On December 9th, he announced that he will be bringing the show to Cairo, Egypt. The performance is scheduled to take place at the Cairo Indoor Stadium on February 21st. It will mark the comedian's first time doing stand-up in the ancient city known as the home of the Pyramids of Giza. Now, ain't this something, Mr. Kevin Hart? You know, the scriptures tells us in, um, man, let me get this real quick. Look at Isaiah 52. Let me make sure. No, that ain't it. Hold on real quick, y'all. I'm looking for a scripture. Yeah, it is 52. 52 and 3. So Isaiah chapter 52, verse 3. Isaiah chapter 52, verse 3. For thus saith the Lord, ye have sold yourselves for naught. What what did the Most High say to Kevin Hart? Ye have sold yourselves for naught. Man, you didn't sold yourself for nothing, Mr. Kevin Hart. And I say this because it's, it's a well-known fact, man, that you have sold yourself out. We've seen you in the dress. We've seen you. Um, you came out. You made a joke about your son years back about the letter people. Then they got on your head, and they punked you, and they made you apologize. Now you changed your stance, how much you love everybody and all this other nonsense. What did most I say? You have sold yourself for naught. Man, you just sold your soul for nothing, Read. And ye shall be redeemed without money. Your money ain't going to get you into the kingdom. Our salvation does not lie in our bank account. Our salvation lies in our diligence, our sincerity, and our lifestyle to keep the law, statutes, and commandments of the Most High. 
That's what's going to redeem us. That's what's going to get us out of here, man. Not no damn money. So, bro, you sold yourself for nothing. Now, your people who you pledge allegiance to, they're turning on you by way of this nonsense. Because what you said is actually true. What else does it say? While Hart is finishing up the North American leg of the junket, he is already being slammed by fans in Africa for an alleged joke. According to the Middle East Eye, the entertainment mogul is accused of saying that ancient Egyptians were black. As a result, many have called for his upcoming show in Cairo to be canceled and have expressed disdain for the actor. Now, he said this as a joke, jokingly. I mean, he was on point, though, because the Egyptians, the original Egyptians, were black. Read on. Disdain for the actor through hashtags such as hashtag Kevin Hart is not welcome in Egypt and hashtag cancel Kevin Hart show. Debates about Egyptians not having the Eurocentric roots has been an ongoing debate. Dr. Sheikh Anta Diop, a Senegalese scholar, refuted efforts to continue whitewashing Egypt's melanated history in the 1980s by pointing out that mummified remains proved their hair, features, the amount of melanin found in skin samples, and other factors all prove that they were genetically black. They was genetically black. So this dude is going back. He's using uh, DNA to prove this. Read on. Reactions to Hart's alleged comparison and Egypt's debated genealogy have been split. You, are, you aren't welcome to Egypt. Egyptians aren't Africans. We're the real builders of the civilization. No one else. The Afrocentric is just a lie. They're liars. Egypt is our land, not the Africans. Now, stop. These people are stupid as hell. They said that the Egyptians are not black and the Egyptians are not Africans. Uh, I'm sorry, but ain't Egypt in Africa? The last time I checked, Egypt was in Africa. It's a part of Africa. So if you're an Egyptian, then technically you are African. That makes no damn sense. It's just like me saying that I'm a St. Louisan, but I'm not an American. <laughs> or I'm a Texan, but I'm not an American. It doesn't even make sense, man. But y'all, I hope y'all see how you can say you you can say you black and you soul of gang of dope, you pimped a lot of uh garden tools. You can say all this, you did a lot of dope, you 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 whatever. Anything that's negative. And you can associate with that with your race, your color, et cetera. But the moment you say that you black and you did something great or we as a people did something great, or as a nation did something great, they got something to say against it. They got something to say, because you niggas can't be great. Y'all just some no-good niggas, <laughs> basically. That's what they saying, man. This is global. I hope y'all are seeing this. And the reason this is global, let's get Job 924, please. This is the, the reason this is global is because of this, man. This dude is really something else. Talking about the Egyptians are not African. That is the most idiotic thing I've ever heard in my life. That's stupid. I will say this. You current day Egyptians, y'all ain't Africans. (laughs) We're going to get to that in a second. But the ancient Egyptians, they's black. Job 924. 
these people, man, they just anything they come up with, man. But this is this is white privilege at its highest level, right here. Read this. Job nine twenty four. The earth is given into the hand of the wicked. Now it tells us the earth is given into the hands of the wicked. Who is the wicked? Come on, man. We ain't got to search high and low to find out who the damn wicked are. It's in our face every day. The earth is given to the wicked. The so-called white man is the wicked one that the Bible speaks about. These are facts. Proven beyond a reasonable doubt. The earth is given into the hand of the wicked. They control everything. They control everything. You can't do nothing, say nothing, without them banging on you, without them coming to put you back in check. Ask Kevin Hart. Ask Ye. Ask uh, Kyrie. Ask Nick Cannon. Come on, these are facts. We ain't making this up. They control everything. The earth is given to them. Read. He covers the faces of the judges thereof. He covers the faces of the You know who the judges are? It tells you in, in the New Testament, the 12 tribes. We're the judges. God's chosen people, which are black and brown people. He puts himself as us, whether it be biblical characters or whether it be, hell, uh, common characters around the globe, like Brad Pitt playing the Mexican, like Tom Cruise playing the last samurai come on man like um and there's been countless movies richard gear played king david richard gear playing king david uh i seen a movie with uh shiloh bow in it it's a part recommended it's a new some garbage though he was playing the mexican i'm like dude come on stop characters y'all try to play y'all cover the faces of the judges you put yourselves in the roles of other people, other nations. Read. If not, where and who is he? If the so-called white man is not the wicked that controls the earth, that the earth was given to, please tell me who it is. I will wait. Please tell me who it is, sir. I will definitely wait for you to answer that question. I'm still waiting. Let's see the Zonovan now. Let's get the definition of hell. So let's dig into what Kevin Hart and this, this professor was saying about the Egyptians. From the Zonovan Bible Dictionary, Ham, the youngest son of Noah, Born Ham is the youngest son or what else? Born probably about 96 years before the flood. Listen to this, read. And one of eight persons to live through the flood. Mm -hmm. He became the progenitor of the dark race. The what? Slow down. He became the progenitor. The word progenitor means father, the originator. So Ham is the progenitor of the dark races, read. Not the Negroes. But not the Negroes. Talking about us so-called American blacks. Read. But the Egyptians. And now who is he the father of? The Egyptians. <laughs> He's the father of the Egyptians. Now remember said the progenitor of the the progenitor of the dark races, but not the Negroes. But he is the father of 
The Egyptians. Which is a dark race. Ethiopians. Dark race. Libyans. Li- dark race. And Canaanite. Dark races. Where are all these places located? Africa. <laughs> so the original Africans are dark people, black people. Hope y'all seeing this. That's the Exodus chapter two. Yeah. Exodus chapter two, and we're gonna start at verse nine. Exodus chapter two, verse nine. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her. Now this is talking about the Egyptian Pharaoh, the king of Egypt at this particular time. It's talking about his daughter. Read. Take this child away and nurse it for me. This was talking about Moses. Read. And I will give thee thy wages. Mm-hmm. And the woman took the child and nursed it. Mm-hmm. And the now, child. Now what verse are you in? That was the end of nine. Read on. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So this is Moses becoming the son of Pharaoh's daughter, which would make him Pharaoh's grandson. All right, which would make give him right to uh, heir to the throne. Now let's get Exodus chapter 4 and verse 1. And, and, most, and keep it in mind, the Egyptians are black. We just got that out of the Zonovan, right? So this is a black woman <laughs> that found a black baby, and she wants to claim this baby for her own. How could she claim this baby for her own if she was white and the baby was black? Because we know that the Hebrews were black. We know the Egyptians were not white. They were black, but they were different. They were different people. They weren't the same people. The only thing they shared was their skin color. But how can this Egyptian claim this little black baby if she was white? She couldn't claim that the baby would stick out like a soul thumb. You're like, man, hell no, that ain't Pharaoh's grandson. Maybe black. We're going to prove it. Exodus 4 and 1. And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. This is Moses speaking to the Most High. said, the, the Israelites are not going to believe me. Read. For they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, What is that in thine hand? Mm-hmm. And he said, A rod. Mm-hmm. And he said, Cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground. And it became a serpent, mm-hmm. and Moses fled from before it. So this was the sign the Most High gave him to show him his power, show him who he was, read. And the Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thine hand, and take it by the tail. Mm-hmm. And he put forth his hand, and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. Mm-hmm. That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath appeared unto thee. Real. And the Lord said furthermore unto him, Put now thine hand into thy bosom. Put your hand into your shirt. When he says bosom, he's talking about his shirt or his robe that he had on. Put your hand in your robe or your shirt. Read. And he put his hand into his bosom, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. He, he put his hand in, and it was dark because he was a black man, and he took his hand out, and it turned what color? Leprous as snow. What color is snow? White. So his hand turned white. 
if his hand was already white, how would that be a sign from the Most High? How would that be a miracle? It wouldn't. Showing what? That Moses was a man of color. This is how he was able to pass as an Egyptian's grandson. Because the Egyptians were what? People of color. We don't. Verse 7. And he said, put thine hand into thy bosom again. And he put his hand into his bosom again. He put his shirt, his hand back in his shirt or his robe, read. And plucked it out of his bosom, and behold, it was turned again as his other flesh. It turned back to his normal skin color, which was dark, which was of color, not white. Moses, the Hebrew, was a man of color who passed for an Egyptian, and the Egyptians are people of color, the original Egyptians. Let's get uh, Genesis 36 and 1. Genesis 36 and 1. Now these are the generations of Esau, who is Edom. Now Esau is the so-called white man. I've proved this beyond a reasonable doubt. Several classes, including the uh, topic I'm dealing with now, never wax pale. So this is Esau, the so-called white man, and his generations. Read that again. Now these are the generations of Esau, who is Edom. You know. Esau took his wives of the daughters of Canaan. The daughters of Canaan, the Africans read. Adah, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite, and Aholibama, the daughter of Anah, the daughter of Zibion, the Hivite. Africans, all Africans. So the white man is mixing with African dark people, right? Read. And Bashimah, Ishmael's daughter. And who, whose daughter? Bashimah, Ishmael's daughter. Ishmael was Abraham's son that he uh, procreated with uh, Hagar, the Egyptian woman. hope everybody's listening. So this white man got with an Arab who had Egyptian blood in him. I want us to get this and understand that the so-called white man was mingling his seed with a whole bunch of different nations. Now, get that out of the Donnie Van Barber Dictionary, please. We got how he mingled his seed with the Ishmaelites, the so-called Arab man, which has Egyptian blood in him as well as Hebrew blood in him. And we know that the Hebrews are a dark race. We know the Egyptians are a dark race. The second one. Okay. Now, listen to this. Nabataeans. So the Nabataeans or the Nabians, read. An Arabian tribe. They're made, a what? An Arabian tribe. They're an Arabian tribe, meaning what? That they were Arabs. Read. Named in the Apocrypha, but not in the Bible, and important to Bible history. Between the 6th and 4th centuries B.C., they moved to Edom and Moab. So these. Arabs moved to the land of Edom, where the Edomites were. They had already mingled with them previously because, remember, Esau married Ishmael's daughter. So they were familiar with the Edomites. But you see the mix in the blood and how you can say, oh, the Egyptians, the ancient Egyptians were not black people. They looked like us. No, they did not look like y'all. <laughs> Y'all are 
Edomites. A lot of the Arab people that you see, they're actually Edomites, y'all. This is where brothers in the truth get that nonsense from that Esau is the Arab. They get it from that, man, from following the genealogy. The original Edomites were not Arabs. They mingle with the Arabs. They have Arab blood in them, but they are not. The Arabs are not the Edomites, the original Edomites. Read on. By New Testament times, their territory stretched from the Mediterranean Sea south of Gaza and the Red Sea to the Euphrates, including Damascus. They lost Damascus when the Romans came to the aid of the Jews against Mm -hmm. them, but later recovered it. You got the picture right here, right? You see that picture? Mm -hmm. Read that. In the land of the Nabataeans, the rugged country around Petra. Petra. Support has a book about Petra. So Petra used to be a stronghold for the Edomites. And Petra is a mountain that they carved into a kingdom. Basically, it has houses and apartments carved inside of a mountain. So Petra was conquered by the Nabians, but it originally belonged to the Edomites, y'all, so-called white people. It was in the cave. They recently got flooded through the rain. Oh, I got flooded. I didn't know that. Yeah, they had to evacuate a whole bunch of people. So this is ancient history, y'all. But I'm just pulling this out to show that the so-called white man has mingled his seed with a lot of nations to where now you might think that the original or the ancient Egyptians were white people, but they were not. And you look at the, the Arab man or the Egyptian man in this day and age, they got the big noses, they got white features. This is why. They mix with Esau, but the ancient Egyptians were black people. Kevin Hart was right. Anyway, I spent enough time with that. Let's jump to the topic now. So the topic is Never Wax Pale, The Ten Tribes, Part 1. So this is the series that I've been working on, y'all, proving that the uh, nominals or the imposters, the fake Jews, are not the people of the book. And what I'm going over now is, okay, y'all say that y'all are the, are the Jews. Well, what happened to the other tribes then? Last week I covered, matter of fact, let's go there real quick, Second Ezra chapter 13 and verse 29. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is where we left off at. Yeah, hold on. Let me let me get that because I don't want to read all of this. Man, I don't like this class, man. Um, yeah, I guess we got to go there. Yeah, just read from 29. Second Ezra, Ezra, chapter 13, verse 29. Behold, the days come when the Most High will begin to deliver them that are upon the earth. Right. This is in the latter days. It says the days come, meaning this has not happened yet. Read. And he shall come to the astonishment of them that dwell on the earth. It's telling you that the people of the earth are going to be astonished. Read. And one shall undertake to fight against another, one city against another, one place against another. This is talking about World War Three. Read. One people against another mm-hmm. and one realm against another. It's even letting you know the spiritual realm is going to be fighting. Read. And the time shall be when these things shall come to pass and the signs shall happen, which I showed thee before. And then shall my son be declared, whom thou sawest as a man ascending. 
So this is the uh, breakdown of the vision that Ezra was given, but he's given them the understanding. This is my son. This is Yahweh Shah, the world, who the world calls Christ. That's what we're talking about, his son. Read. And when all the people hear his voice, every man shall in their own land leave the battle. They have one against another. So World War Three is going to be breaking out. They're going to be fighting against one another, all nations. Now watch this, read. And an innumerable multitude shall be gathered together as thou sawest them, willing to come and to overcome him by fighting. So the, the whole, this innumerable number to, uh, innumerable multitude is the all these nations that are fighting against each other. They're going to see Christ coming out of the sky and see that he's a black man. He's coming back to get black and brown people. And they're going to turn and start fighting him. But he shall stand upon the top of the Mount Sion. But he's going to be the government of Israel. Read. And Sion shall come and shall be showed to all men being prepared and builded, like as thou sawest the hill graven without hands. So it's talking about uh, the new Israel. It talks about this in Revelation, that you're going to see the new Israel coming out of the sky, so on and so forth. This is what it's talking about. Read. And this, my son, shall rebuke the wicked inventions of those nations. So Christ is going to rebuke all nations. It tells you that in the New Testament. Read. Which for their wicked life are fallen into the tempest. Read on. And shall lay before them their evil thoughts and the torments wherewith they shall be, begin to be tormented, which are like unto a flame, and he shall destroy them without labor by the law which is like unto fire. So Christ is going to destroy the nations. Read. And whereas thou sawest that he gathered another peaceable multitude unto him. Now, another peaceable multitude is going to be gathered unto Christ. Who's going to be this peaceable multitude gathered to him? Those are the ten tribes. Those are the who? The ten tribes. These are the ten tribes. So the rest of the tribes of Israel. Read. Which were carried away prisoners out of their own land in the time of Hosea the king, mm-hmm. whom Salmanassar, the king of Assyria, led away captive, and he carried them over the waters. So came they into another land. Mm-hmm. But they took this counsel among themselves. Now, this is all history, and I broke this down in the previous installment of this topic. So go back and check that out. Read that they would leave the multitude of the heathen and go forth into a further country where never mankind dwelt, Mm -hmm. that they might keep their statutes, which they never kept in their own land. Mm -hmm. And they entered into Euphrates by the narrow passages of the river, for the Most High then showed signs for them and held still the flood till they were passed over. So the Most High navigated them here, the ten tribes, where he navigated them. For through that country there was a great way to go, namely of a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And the same region is called Arsareth. Which means new land or new found land. And that land would be the Americas. So the ten tribes made it over here to the Americas, y'all. And I've got oodles of of proof. We're going to get into it in a second. Read on. Then dwelt they there until the latter time, and now when they shall begin to come, the highest shall stay the springs of the stream again, that they may go through. Therefore sawest thou the multitude with peace, 
But those that be left. In fact, that's all I want. Let's, we got the point. Let's get uh, the book, The Aztec. Uh, so this book is entitled The Aztec, The History of the Indies of New Spain by Fire Diego de Rock. And we're going to get page three. I don't think we got into this last time. You got that? Yeah. All right, read that. Okay. Yep. Okay. In order to discuss the real and truthful accounts of the origin and beginnings of these Indian nations. Now, listen to it. Talking about the Indian nations. Now, I don't want everybody to get um, mixed up or get their mind confused. When it talks about Indians, it's talking about indigenous people. In this case, the indigenous people are the peoples of the Americas. So this is what we're talking about. Read on. So mysterious and remote to us, and to discover the real truth about them, some divine revelation or spirit of God would be needed. <laughs> right. He said to find out who these people are, we need, God, we need God's help. Read. However, lacking this, it will be necessary. <laughs> he said, however, lacking this help. No, Dude, white dude, you we ain't lacking this help. Thank you for writing this book. <laughs> this is the divine intervention right here. You were part of it. You didn't know it, but now, now you maybe you know. Well, your ancestors know because you dead and gone because it's an old book. Read. It will be necessary to make conjectures and reach conclusions through the many proofs that these people give us with their strange ways and manner of conduct and their lowly conversation. So like that of the Hebrews. So like that of the who? The Hebrews. He's saying that these people, with their mannerism and their conversation, they act like Hebrews. Read on. Because of their nature, we could almost affirm that they are Jews and Hebrew people. Man, these we can almost affirm that these are Jews or Hebrew people. Read. And I believe that I would not be committing a great error if I were to state this fact, considering their way of life, their ceremonies, their rites and superstitions, their omens and false dealings, so related to and characteristic of those of the Jews. The Holy Scripture is witness of this, and we shall use it as our testimony. He said he's going to use the Scriptures as testimony to validate what he's saying. Read on. As proof of this opinion, we know that these newly arrived nations and Indian people coming from strange and remote regions made a long and tedious journey until they came to take possession of this country. He said that these people came from somewhere else. They weren't already here. They came from somewhere else, somewhere far away. I hope everybody's understanding this. Because we talk, we were taught, oh, yeah, the Native Americans was already here. But oop, we don't know how they got here. Or that damn lie about they came over here on some ice bridge. That's, that uh, myth has been debunked a thousand times over. But he's saying these people came from a faraway place. He said that these people are Hebrews. Read on. And they passed many years in reaching this place. One gathers this from the traditions and paintings and from talking to the old 
people. And he said the traditions and paintings. The one thing about us, y'all, and we still do it, man. This is why you see the brothers painting the murals and the graffiti and all of that. That's in our spirit. We always, and we have that saying, too. We write it on buses and everything. So, so-and-so, so-and-so was here. <laughs> we leave our mark everywhere we go. Uh, little Play, I was here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Little Willie did this. We do this is just in our spirit. Y'all remember back in the day when they would pour the concrete in your neighborhood, the new block of concrete or whatever, it'd be like a square. Mm-hmm. You go put your little fingerprint or your handprint in there or you put Jeremy was here or whatever. <laughs> this has been in our spirit, man. Read on. There are many people who tell fables. Some say that the Indians were born of springs of water. Others say that they were born of caves or that their race is that of the gods. Nonsense. Read. All of which is clearly legend and shows that they themselves are ignorant of their origin and beginning. You hear, you hear this, too? He said. They themselves are ignorant. Y'all don't even know where y'all come from. That's <laughs> what he's saying. You, you are ignorant of your origin. And you're going to try to guess somebody else's origin. Read on. They always profess to have come from strange lands, and I have found this depicted in their ancient painted manuscripts, where they portray the great periods of hunger, thirst, and nakedness with innumerable afflictions that they suffered until they reached this country and settled in it. So he said he's comparing what they're telling him with facts, not with mythical or legend stories. Read. Because of all these things, my suspicions are confirmed that these natives are part of the ten tribes of Israel. Whoa, whoa. Read it again. Because of all these things, my suspicions are confirmed that these natives are part of the ten tribes of He's saying that the natives, the Native Americans, who we loosely refer to as Indians, and Mexicans also, y'all. I hope y'all know this. (laughs) Or Hispanics, whatever you want to call yourself. Puerto Ricans, the people of Peru. (laughs) He said that these peoples, these Americans, these Native Americans, because America is not just one country, y'all. Remember, the, the Americas include Canada, North America, Central America, and South America. He said that the indigenous people that were already here, these are Israelites. He's convinced. Read on. Part of the ten tribes of Israel, which Shalmaneser king of the Assyrians, captured and took to Assyria in the time of Hosea, king of Israel. Now, where is he getting this from? We just read it in Second Ezra. It's also in the Bible, in the Old Testament. We got that last week. This is why he said he was going to use the scriptures. This lets you know that the Bible is a reliable source of information, a history book. This is a secular source. Citing the Bible. And in the time of Ezekiel, king of Jerusalem, as can be read in the fourth book of Kings, chapter 18. Where, and, we, and we went over there last week, read. Where one finds that Israel was carried out of its own land to Assyria. 
It also says that this remote and distant country had never been inhabited before. There was a long and tedious journey of a year and a half to the region where today are found these people of the islands and the mainland toward the west beyond the seas. When he says the islands and the mainland, yes, he's talking about the Caribbean. What they call them, the, the Kerouac Indians? Kerouac or Car- Car- uh, Carib Indians? We're short for Caribbean? Even those peoples. Read on. Other evidence found in Holy Writ that can be cited to prove this idea is that God, through Hosea, had promised to multiply these people like the sands of the sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, jump to, yeah, keep reading, keep reading. And the fact that they have taken possession of the world shows clearly and manifestly how great was this multiplication. But leaving the biblical text and coming to what all of us saw in this country, a thing that amazed us was the number of people found here. He, he said leaving the biblical text and what he says what they saw was so it was it was so many people that were already here in the Americas. I hope we're understanding this. This place was densely populated, the Americas. Read. This was observed by the Spaniards who came early to this country before the Great Plague when so many people died that not even a third of the Indians who had existed here survived. And this is whoa, not... Whoa, whoa, where you at? Where you at? Where you at? That not even a third of the Indians survived. And this does not include the innumerable men, women, and children who had been killed by the Spaniards during the conquest a few years earlier. Jackpot. I want you to stop right there because he talked about the conquest, right? Mm -hmm. So we got this book here. Read them the title. The Conquest of America by Vitan Todorov. Now I want you to go to page 14. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Page 14, I am greatly supported in this view by reason of this great river. Matter of fact, start at the top. Okay. Columbus as an inter- as interpreter. In order to prove that the land he sees before him is indeed the continent and not another island, Columbus engages in the following reasoning. In his- so, so we're talking about Columbus and him and his uh, journal that he left. So this dude got bits and pieces of his journal, and he um, wrote it down in his book in English. Read. In his journal of the third voyage transcribed by Las Casas, I have come to believe that this is a mighty continent which was hitherto unknown. I am greatly supported in this view by reason of this great river and by this sea which is fresh, and I am also supported by the statements of Esdras in his fourth the, book. The statement of Esdras in his what? Fourth book. Now, he said that this country was unknown. It was unknown to him because there were people that were already here. But what I want to get out of this is him citing what? Read that again. Esdras in his fourth book, Read. the sixth chapter, says that six parts of the world consist of dry 
land and one part of water. This work was approved by St. Ambrose and his Hexameron and by St. Augustine. Moreover, I am supported by the statements of several cannibal Indians whom I captured on other occasions who declared that there was mainland to the west of them. So he said he's getting all his information from the Bible, from Ezra, y'all. Now, he said the fourth book, which we know as Second Ezra, chapter 6, and let's read verse 42. Second Ezra, chapter 6, and verse 42. Upon the third day, thou didst command that the waters should be gathered in the seventh, seventh part of the earth. Six parts hast thou dried up and kept them, to be the intent that of these, some being planted of God and tilled, might serve thee. So, he says, upon the third day thou didst command that the water should be gathered in the seventh part of the earth. So, there's seven parts of the earth, y'all, which would give us the what? The seven continents. I hope y'all keeping up the seven continents. Or you might hear people say, well, I'll sell the, the, the seven seas of the earth. Because remember before the flood, y'all, the whole earth was one land mass. But over time, it broke apart because of the flood, which is known as the Pangea. You look at the earth. You look at the globe. All of the globe, the pieces of the earth used to fit together. It's like a puzzle. You can see how Africa slid right into South America. And that's why the regions ain't that far apart. But Columbus used the Bible to guide his journey. He used, he used it for his navigation. I hope everybody's seeing this. Once again, this is a secular source citing the Bible. The Bible is a history book, a reliable book of information. All right, I want you to read that part again in Conquest of America. Yeah. Then we're going to jump to another book dealing with the conquest. You want me to read it? Uh, the part where he cites Ezra. Okay. I am greatly supported in this view by reason of this great river and by this sea, which is fresh, and I am also supported by the statements of Ezra in his fourth book, the sixth chapter, which says that six parts of the world consist of dry land and one part of water. I, ho I hope y'all see this. This is Columbus. This is what he used to get over here. So he didn't come up with this on his own. All right, we're going to go to this book now. It's titled 500 Years of Chicano History, and we'll get the introduction. Part of the introduction anyway. So read the highlighted parts. So we're dealing with the conquest. And, and remember, I want you all to stay with me. This is all coming from the Aztec. Because remember the Aztec, the uh, author, talked about how the uh, conquest killed many of the Native Americans off uh, by way of Columbus. And then you had the conquistadors. We're going to read a little bit about them in this book right here. Read this. 500 Years of Chicano History in Pictures. Okay. To Mexico came El Español, hungry for gold. 
The heroic resistance so led... these Spaniards, these Europeans came to Mexico, came to the indigenous places of, of the Americas hungry for gold. Read. The heroic resistance led by Aztec ruler Huatemoc could not stop that invasion. Millions of the indigenous were killed by Spanish firearms. How many people? Millions. Millions. Some historians have it in the billions. Read on. By Spanish firearms and European diseases. Later, they died from overwork in the mines, on the land, in the mills, and workshops. So it wasn't enough just to kill us off. They had us work in the mines to mine what? All the gold, all the silver, all the, the minerals, the natural resources that was in this place. Read. Often they refused to work. Often they revolted. And at times they chose suicide over enslavement. The 1521 also brought a new people into being, children of Indian women and Spanish men, as well as of the 100,000 to 200,000 enslaved Africans. Whoa, 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 whoa. So they started mixing, and we find out that the indigenous people were getting killed off, and at the same time, simultaneously, who were being brought here? as well as of the 100,000 to 200,000 enslaved Africans being transported to Mexico. So-called black people were transported where? To Mexico. To where? Mexico. It didn't say the states. It didn't say the U.S. of A. They, were, they, they went to Mexico. I hope everybody is listening to this. So... There's a lot of Mexicans that are black, that are from, and I'm going to deal with this later on in in the segment, they're from the tribe of Judah. (laughs) We don't. Beginning in the same century, that mixture, that mestizo is us, born from rape and destruction, Born in a time of hunger and anguish. Now, this author is writing from his perspective. He's a so-called Mexican. Now, let's get Deuteronomy, chapter 28, and we're going to start at verse 45. Damn, this time goes by so damn fast, man. And the reason I'm bringing all of this history out, y'all, one is to show where the 12 tribes ended up at. Two is to show a lot of the Israelite brothers that are scratching their head or leery or convinced that only so-called blacks are Israelites and that Hispanics are not. That's false, y'all. That's false. The truth of the matter is a lot of us that claim tribes, we're not really accurate in what tribe we think we come from, man. Real talk. You got to do your research. And then even your research might turn up some things that might not be completely accurate. The bottom line is, man, we really don't know 100% what tribe we come from, but the fact that we Israelites is good enough. Read this. Deuteronomy, chapter 28, verse 45. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee, 
and shall pursue thee. So all these curses are going to come upon the Israelites for not keeping the law, statutes, and commandments of the Most High. It says, come upon you and pursue you. The word pursue means to chase, read. And overtake thee mm -hmm. till thou be destroyed. And what happened to the Native Americans, the so-called Hispanics, when the conquistadors got here? They were destroyed. Read. Because thou hearkenest not unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Because we didn't want to listen. Read on. To keep his commandments and his statutes, which uh -huh. he commanded thee. Mm -hmm. And they shall be upon thee for a sign and for a wonder, mm -hmm. and upon thy seed forever. And these curses are going to be on God's people for a sign and a wonder. So you want to find out who, the, who are the chosen people of God. The chosen people of God are going to match these curses, which are signs. So what nation went through this? What people went through these things that we're about to read about? What verse are you in? That was the conclusion of verse 6. So jump down to verse 49. Verse 49. Let's get this sign. Read. The Lord shall bring a nation against thee from afar. He says the Most High will bring a nation against us from a, a far place. Read. From the end of the earth. This nation was going to come from the end of the earth. Read. As swift as the eagle flieth. And their emblem was going to be the eagle. I don't know if y'all knew this, but the Spanish, they used the eagle as their emblem. And the Most High brought these people against us. And we were on the end, on the end of the earth, which is known as the Americas. Because remember, Columbus thought that the earth was flat and that you would sail to the end of the earth and fall off of it. Well, people previous to Columbus, I believe he thought that as well. And Columbus was like, no, I'm, I'm going to go test this theory out. So he came to the ends of the earth, which is the Americas. What the Most High said, he was going to bring this nation, which had the eagle as their emblem against us. Read. A nation whose tongue thou shalt not understand. And we didn't understand their language when they got here. They're speaking Spanish. And we speaking our indigenous language, which was Hebrew. And by this time have been mixed with other languages. Spanish was beaten into our so-called Hispanic brothers, so-called Latino brothers. It was beaten into us. They made us learn no different than English was beaten into so-called blacks. No different than uh, French was beat into the so-called Haitians. This, these languages were beaten into us. Read that part again. The Lord shall bring a nation against thee from far, from the end of the earth, as swift as the eagle flieth, a nation whose tongue thou shalt not understand. Read. A nation of fierce countenance, mm -hmm. which shall not regard the person of the old, nor show favor to the young. They didn't care how old we were, how young you were, you worked in those minds. All they cared about was their goal. Read. And he shall eat the fruit of thy cattle and mm -hmm. the fruit of thy land. And he, he's going to eat all your resources up. He's going to take all your natural resources. This, these people, this nation that came as swift as the eagle, had the eagle for their emblem, they were going to take everything from you. And what happened? The conquistadors got here. They took everything from our people. Read. 
until thou be destroyed. And they destroyed, kill us off in the billions. Read. Which also shall not leave thee either corn, wine, or oil, or the increase of thine kind. They didn't leave anything. They took and stole everything. We read in verse 51, read. Mm -hmm. Or flocks of thy sheep until he hath destroyed thee. They took everything and they destroyed it as a people. That's 51? Yep. Now let's go to Leviticus chapter 26. We're going to start at verse 14. Leviticus chapter 26 and verse 14. But if ye will not hearken unto me and will not do all these commandments. This is the most high speaking to the children of Israel. Read. And if ye shall despise my statutes, or if your soul abhor my judgment, so that ye will not do all my commandments, but that ye break my covenant, I also will do this unto you. I will even appoint over you terror. What happened to the indigenous people of the Americas? I will even appoint over you terror, consumption, and the burning of, or of you, that shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart. So consume the eyes, sorrow of heart. What consumed our eyes, man, and caused sorrow of heart? Seeing our people destroyed, our children killed right in front of us. That's what he's talking about. Read on. And ye shall sow your seed in vain. And you're going to have kids in vain. You're going to plant in vain. Read. For your enemies shall eat it. Read on. And I will set my face against you, mm. and, and ye shall be slain before your enemies. So you wonder why all of this destruction happened to the indigenous people of America? This is why. Because we wouldn't follow the commandments. We wouldn't keep the commandments. Read. That they hate you shall, they that hate you shall reign over you. And ye shall flee when none pursueth you. And if ye will not yet for all this hearken unto me. He's like, and when I do all of this stuff to you, Against you. If you still won't listen, read. Then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. I'm going to make your punishment that much more complete, that much more strenuous. Read. And I will break the pride of your power, and I will make your heaven as iron and your earth as brass. Caught between a rock and a hard place. Read on. And your strength shall be spent in vain, for your land shall not yield her increase. Neither shall the trees of the land yield their fruit. Read on. And if ye walk contrary unto me, <laughs> and will not hearken unto me, and if ye still won't listen, read. I will bring seven times more plagues upon you according to your sins. I'm going to make it harder and harder. I'm going to keep killing y'all. Read. I will also send wild beasts among you, which shall rob you of your children. Now, and when it says wild beasts, he ain't necessarily talking about uh, animals because, you know, a man can be a beast. Like we said, oh, you in beast mode. Oh, that dude's a beast. And we broke this down many a times. 
I ain't gonna get it right now. Ecclesiastes um Three and nineteen, I believe it is. Y'all go back and get that on your own time. Read on. Which shall rob you of your children and destroy your cattle and make you few in number. And they did. This is what the conquistadors did. Read on. And your highways shall be desolate. Mm-hmm. And if ye will not be reformed by me, by these things. If you still won't change, read. But will walk contrary unto me. <laughs> Then will I also walk contrary unto you, and will punish you yet seven times for your sins. You see how the Most High keeps making the punishment worse? But the reason you guys keep making the punishment worse is because we as a people, as a nation, we still won't follow the commandments. We still won't act right. So you ask why our so-called uh, brown brothers live in the way that they live in. It's because look at them, most most of we know as the ten and a half or the nine and a half tribes or Catholics. They're heavy into Catholicism. But they're suffering the same cushions behind not following the law, statutes, and commandments of the most high as we are. And when I talk about the same, I'm talking about single parent homes. I'm talking about drug addiction, domestic violence. I'm talking about living fast and dying young. That is common amongst our people. That ain't just uh, a black people problem, uh, getting killed, uh, un- unarmed, innocent people getting killed by white folks. The the whole Black uh, Lives Matter movement was going on, but did y'all know that there was brothers, so-called Latino brothers and sisters around the country getting killed the same, the, the exact same way, unarmed by police. We got shows and people, y'all. It's not a coincidence that the, the things that we go through, they go through the same things, that they're, they're familiar with poverty. They're familiar with, like I said, all the stuff that we go through, the trauma of growing up in the ghetto, the trauma of single-parent households, the trauma of domestic violence, same thing. Then will I also walk contrary unto you and will punish you yet seven times for your sins. And I will bring a sword upon you that shall avenge the quarrel of my covenant. And when ye are gathered together within your city, I will send the pestilence among you. The pestilence is all the diseases that plague our people. It says the same thing in Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter. There are certain diseases that only pertain to our people. How, you see, how is it you see black people? Sickle cell anemia. But guess who else carries that trait? Our so-called Hispanic brothers, they carry the sickle cell anemia trait also. You won't find that predominantly among so-called white people. That only pertains to us. The high blood pressure, the sugar, I'm talking about diabetes, runs rampant amongst our communities. They issues that our brothers be having, rampant amongst our communities. This is of biblical proportions. Read. And ye shall be delivered into the hand of the enemy. And when I have broken the staff of your bread, ten women shall bake your bread in one oven. What verse is 26. Read on. And they shall deliver you your bread again by weight, and ye shall eat and not be satisfied. By weight. So remember, oh, yeah. 
the slaves were rationed out food. This is what it's talking about. Read. And if ye will not for all this hearken unto me, but walk contrary unto me, then I will walk contrary unto you also in fury. And I, even I, will chastise you seven times for your sins. Mm-hmm. And you shall eat the flesh of your sons, and the flesh of your daughters shall you eat. So remember, Columbus talked about cannibals. We were eating each other, man. Now, I know a lot of us don't want to hear this, man, but and it's all throughout that book, Conquest of America. Columbus talked about how we was all naked, and we were. We were running around like savages. Y'all seen that movie Apocalypso? Apocalypto, that was us sacrificing each other, eating uh, body, eating, eat, eating each other's hearts. We was doing that. The Most High prophesied that. Read. And I will destroy your high places and cut down your images. And in that movie, go back and watch it, y'all. All these sacrifices were did in high places. Those pyramids, and we're going to get to that. Those pyramids that, that's all through Central and South America, that's what we were sacrificing at. Human flesh. Read. And cast your carcasses upon the carcasses of your idols, and my soul shall abhor you. We were deep into idolatry. We still are. Our people running around with the damn rosary beads, some of the damn Santa Maria, and all this other nonsense. This is why the Most High got us going through what we go through, y'all. Read. And I will make your cities waste and bring your sanctuaries unto desolation. And I will not smell the savor of your sweet odors. So those sacrifices you sending up, the most I say you ain't smelling them. Because we were over here sending up burnt offerings to the most high. But the most high was not accepting them. Read. And I will bring the land into desolation, and your enemies which dwell therein shall be astonished at it. And our enemies are what? Astonished at it. They're astonished at the way we live as a people. Man, how y'all surviving? How y'all doing this? Read. And I will scatter you among the heathen, and will draw out a sword after you, and your land shall be desolate and your cities waste. The Most High said he was going to scatter us amongst the heathen. The word heathen means nation or Gentiles. We're scattered amongst the nations still this day and age. And he says he's going to bring that sword after us. The destruction. So you wonder why the conquest of America happened. The conquest of America happened because of our idolatry, y'all. I want us to understand this. Now let's get this book here. Uh, Where is it? Here it is, right here. Tell them the title, and we're going to read from page 18. Now listen to this, y'all. From Open Veins of Latin America by Eduardo Galeano. Great book. Tragic, tragic, tragic book. But it's a good read. Read. Page 18. Bacteria and viruses were the most effective allies. The Europeans brought with them, like biblical plagues. <laughs> so he said, read the part again. Bacteria and viruses were the most effective allies. Bacteria and viruses were the most effective allies that the Europeans brought over here. It killed us off in droves. Read. The Europeans brought with them like biblical plagues. And he said that these, 
these uh, viruses were like biblical plagues because they were. We already got that out of the Bible. Read. Like biblical plagues, smallpox and tetanus, various lung, intestinal, and venereal diseases, trachoma, typhus, leprosy, yellow fever, and teeth rotting caries, smallpox was the first to appear. Must not this unknown and horrible epidemic, which produced burning fever and decomposed the flesh, be a chastisement from the gods? A chastisement from who? From the gods? No, this is a so-called Hispanic brother right there. talking about from the gods. No, it was from the God, from the Most High. Read. The invaders moved into Tlaxcala, one native eyewitness reported, and then the epidemic's burning hot pustules reported another. The contagious, oppressive, cruel pustule sickness brought death to many. The Indians died like flies. The Indians or the indigenous people were dying like flies. This was all by the hands of the Most High and using the conquistadors to do it. For us not following the law, statutes, and commandments. Read. Their organisms had no defense against the new diseases. Those who survived were feeble and useless. Mm. The Brazilian anthropologist Darcy Ribeiro estimates that more than half of the aboriginal population of America, Australia, and Oceania died from the contamination of first contact with white men. More than half, he said. Read the other highlight. Page 19. Pedro de Abralaro and his men fell upon Guatemala and killed so many Indians that it made a river of blood, which is called the Olympic, and the day became red because of all the blood there was on that day. Before the decisive battle and seeing Indians tortured, they told the Spaniards not to torture them anymore, that, mm-hmm. the, that the captains of Nahab and Ixking, Nahab in the guise of an eagle and of a lion, had much gold, silver, diamonds, and emeralds for them. So this is why we started giving up the natural resources and the mines and all this, because we were tired of dying. Read. Then they gave them to the Spaniards, and the Spaniards kept them. Before Pizarro strangled and decapitated Atahualpa, he got from him a ransom of gold and silver, weighing more than 20,000 marks in fine silver, and one... 1,326,000 escudos in the finest gold. Then Pizarro advanced on Cusco. His soldiers thought they were entering the city of the Caesars. So dazzling was the capital of the empire, but they proceeded without delay to sack the Temple of the Sun. Sack the Temple of what? Of the Sun. You see this? We were still idol worshiping. We had a damn temple set up for the sun, for the sun god. Read. Struggling and fighting among each other, each trying to get his hands on the lion's share. And these Europeans were fighting each other, trying to get all the loot that was over here. So you hear brothers and sisters, I'm talking about so-called blacks, talk about reparations just for black people. <laughs> Hell. What about the reparations for our so-called Hispanic brothers? 
Y'all see how they can't possibly repair the damage that they've done. There's no way. There's no way they can pay us back. No, there's no way they can pay us. But the only way they can pay us back is that they would have to go through the exact same thing that they put us through. That's the only fair payback that can happen. Read. The soldiers in their coats of mail trampled on jewels and images and pounded the gold utensils with hammers to reduce them to a more portable size. They tossed all the temple's gold into a melting pot to turn it into bars. The laminate, the laminate that covered the walls, the marvelous representations of trees, birds, and other objects in the garden. Today, in the enormous bare plaza at the center of Mexico City, the Catholic Cathedral rises on the ruins of Tenochtitlan's greatest temple. So the Catholic Church built on top of destruction that the conquistadors did. That's a mockery. That's disrespectful. Supposed to be a grave site. They built the church on top of it. Read. And the government palace occupies the site where Fatemat, the Aztec chief martyred by Cortes, had his residence. So this court, it says that this chief used to actually live there? Wow. Read on. Cuscatlan was raised. In Peru, Cusco suffered the same fate, but the conquistadors could not completely destroy its massive walls, and this testimony in stone to the Inca's colossal architecture can still be seen in the bases of the colonial buildings. Mm, mm, mm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, read that part. The sword and the cross marched together in the conquest and plunder of Latin America. He said the sword and the cross, meaning what? All their missions. The brother talked about that in that 500 years ago. He talked about that also. I guess we got to get that. So this is how they would usher in their death and destruction, always through their missions. They had missions in California and they have missions here in good old San Antonio. <laughs> Read it again. The sword and the cross marched together in the conquest and plunder of Latin America, and captains and ascetics, knights and evangelists, soldiers and monks came together in Potosi to help themselves to its silver, molded into cones and ingots, the Becerra of the Cerro Rico, the rich hill substantially fed the development of Europe. Substantially fed the development. Read that point again. Substantially fed the development of Europe. This fed Europe as a nation. The the Bible calls Europe the bottomless pit because they didn't have any natural resources. They were going under as a nation, as a country. Conquest of America saved them. On our backs Once again y'all This is because we want to listen to the law Statutes and commandments of the most high And this history The Jewish people don't have this in their history The scripture Deuteronomy 28 Leviticus chapter 26 They can't show anywhere in their history Where these things happen to them But we however Can show that I hope everybody's seeing this 
Now, Lee, put that book down. Let's get um Star in the West, page two forty five. It's that yellow book right there. We got a couple minutes left. We can read a little bit of this. Yeah, two forty five. Tell them the name of the book and the author, please. Star in the West, or a humble attempt to discover the long-lost ten tribes of Israel preparatory to their return to their beloved city, Jerusalem, by Elias Boudinot. Page 245. And first, that of the Spanish authors. And here, proper allowance must be made for the prevailing intentions of the first Spanish visitors in their coming to America. The conquistadors which, with some few exceptions, were principally from the most covetous desires of amassing wealth. Why did they want to come here? From the most covetous desires of amassing wealth and obtaining immense riches at all risks and by every means. Also, it must be remembered how few concerned themselves about the religious state of the If they could but get their property... Neither did they give themselves any trouble to know their history. They didn't care the history, the religion, or the culture of the people. They just wanted the riches. Read. Their origins, customs, or future expectations, but their gold, their silver, their lands, and their furs were the whole objects of their attention. <laughs> That's it. Read. We thank God there were some favorable exceptions. Learned world are by this time pretty well acquainted with the degree of confidence that ought to be put in the Spanish historians in general, further than their accounts are confirmed and supported by after labors of historians of character among other nations. No, no, it's not because they now call that. Um, no, no, no. That's the term they got in the history book. Um, Damn, come on, Dr. Tom. Racial, race theory. Critical race theory. That's what they call it. The author's saying that people should notice that this is uh, worldwide known information, but it's not because of critical race theory and people just too ignorant to read history. So, y'all, I think this is a good place to stop. Hope everybody got some edification out of the class. Uh, If you got any questions, hit me up at area code 314. 482-9110, whether on this topic or any other biblical topic, the Water Mashaba for hooking up the broadcast. We'll be back next Tuesday, Lord willing. But until then, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to please tune in to Tuzza Pop. Tuesday. Tuzza Pop. Tuesday. Tuzza Pop. Tuesday. Every Tuesday. With that, y'all, we're going to say shalom. shalom.